you're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about family favorites that have held up over time. First, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Sarah? I wanted to talk about summer planning and how finding the right balance for the perfect summer is so hard. Mm, Yes. This will be the first summer where I am working more hours where I'm in my new position at my job, which just means my hours are less flexible. There is a lot more time when Neil and I will be overlapping with needing to work, where Mm -hmm. before when I was a materials handler and shelving, I would move almost all my hours to the weekend so that one of us was working all the time, but we rarely overlapped. So trying to balance that, plus I'm taking a class. Camps are a week at a time, so you get a lot of coverage for a week. But we don't want to do camps every week. And so then it feels like too much openness, not enough openness. I am just not sure. We did sign up for some camps. We have one summer trip planned. And we will just see how it goes. Yeah. I was going to talk about the same thing, which is that I have a lot going on this summer. My Mm -hmm. summer semester starts, I think, May 7th or 9th, something like that. and doesn't end until August 20th. So Plum will be, you know, out of school and back to school before I'm out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have almost no time overlapping. I have no time off in there with the possible exception of July 4th, the single day. (laughs) And I don't even know that yet. So Pepper will stay in his daycare, which is awesome. It will be consistent for him, which is great when you're three. Andrew is planning to go to a conference in Portugal. So he'll be gone for 10 days okay, (laughs) sometime in the summer. So we are doing full coverage camps basically the whole summer. And that's really new for us. There's one week I think that Plum is going to go to Dallas with my mom Mm -hmm. and take some intensive swim lessons with a friend of my mom's (laughs) at the beginning of the summer so that she's ready for camp for the rest of the summer and hopefully she'll be able to get more swim lessons at the camps that we're doing but it just feels really different there has not been a summer before where my kids weren't just home with me yeah so things are a changing we'll have to report back at how it goes for both of us yeah now let's talk about what we've been reading what's your latest read sarah i read i must betray you by ruda sepetis This is a young adult novel that follows Christian, who is 17, in the months before the fall of Romanian dictator Nicolae Ceausescu. He is blackmailed into becoming an informer and then has to navigate his obligation to the security apparatus and his relationships with his friends and family. Yikes. It is a great example of a novel that teaches history in an accessible way It really captured the fear and suspicion the regime created through the use of informants. One of the facts was that it was estimated that one in 10 Romanians was an informant. Wow. It was a really quick read. I read it in a single day. The chapters were very short and it was incredibly engaging. There was not much I didn't like. I would absolutely recommend it. It was a great read and I learned a lot about Romanian history. What have you been reading, Abby? I recently finished The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. This is a novel in which Kidd imagines what it would have been like had Jesus had a wife and who that wife would have been. In the book, her name is Anna, 
And I loved this book. I really love novels about the historical Jesus. Mm. Another one of my favorite ever novels is Lamb, Mm -hmm. The Gospel According to Biff, Christ Childhood Powell. (laughs) I remember you recommending this when we were freshmen in college, that that was a book that you had loved. You know, I haven't read it in a long time and I wonder how it would hold up, but this book was really wonderful. And I really appreciated the female perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another one where you get this taste of what it was like history-wise mm-hmm. there. You know, you get the political and social context. It was just really cool. There were so many good quotes in this book. I wanted to read one. Love it. You know I'm here for a good quote. This is when Anna's talking to her aunt and her aunt says, all shall be well. And then she recoils at how trite and superficial that sounded. And then her aunt says, I don't mean that life won't bring you tragedy. I only mean you will be well in spite of it. There's a place in you that is inviolate. You'll find your way there when you need to. It's just really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So there was lots of that that was really emotional and really beautiful. And obviously, it's a very sad story, but I would still absolutely recommend it. And I am recommending it to everybody (laughs) that I know. Sounds great. Let's move on to our topic for today, family favorites. This was a suggestion from a listener on our Instagram, so thank you for that. And what we're going to do is just go back and forth in several categories and talk about things that have stood the test of time in our families. We'll start with games. Having the qualification that it has stood the test of time was Mm. a bit of a challenge for me as we were going through, I think specifically in this category, because things change so much in terms of what games people can play and how engaged they are. I will say that in the last year or two, Ticket to Ride, the junior version, Mm. has been a big hit and something that all of us enjoy. The one that we have is Europe, and I love my kids learning some European geography, Mm -hmm. so I appreciate that aspect of it. Ones that have truly stood the test of time, the favorite is Neil laying down in our back room while the kids run around him, and he tries to grab them without getting up. (laughs) Does he lay on his stomach or his back? On his back, and then he'll reach (laughs) his arms out to try and get them as they run in circles around him, which I think Neil likes because he lays on the ground and the kids like because they're running around. It's really a win-win. I have not played this game and I couldn't get a definitive name for the game from the participants, but you get the idea. Yep. So in our family, I think the game that has lasted the longest in terms of everyone being entertained is First Orchard. Which is just a board game where it's cooperative and you're trying to beat the crow who's trying to eat your fruit in the orchard. Okay. The kids now can play it on their own together, which makes it one of my favorites. (laughs) Really into that. And then two newer ones that we have recently started playing but that I feel like will stand the test of time is Spot It, which is a card game where you have a series of cards and each of them shares a picture between them, but they have lots of other pictures. So you have to spot which one's the same. Okay. And then left, center, right, which is a dice game that Plum is now old enough to play and is actually fun for adults too. What about toys, Sarah? The general category of building toys has been the ones that have engaged our kids the longest. Mm -hmm. Things like magnetiles and blocks I found a set of blocks when I was pregnant on the side of the road in Austin. They're these very small rectangles. They work great for dominoes and general building, and they'll still get those out and play with them. 
The other random big hit was a push toy that was a frog that had little beads on the end and it was on a long stick. So you hold it and push it and it makes a noise. Mm -hmm. My parents got this for HP for his first birthday and I was so surprised by how much he loved it. I thought he would enjoy it, but really loved it. (laughs) He really loved it. The family we passed it on to, their child really loved it. It was just... A surprise hit that got a lot of use and the paint wore off all of the wheels. <laughs> it was looking a little ragged by the end, but the enjoyment factor was still high. And currently, I would say flashlights. So much fun for them to use them with the neighborhood kids at night. Same goes for headlamps. Do not love when they use these in the house, but sending them out <laughs> with flashlights to play. Fun for all. Mm-hmm. Flashlights are our most popular camping item. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Because I don't really let my kids have them at other times because, well, Plum could handle it, but Pepper cannot handle not shining it in everyone's eyes. <laughs> it's so, hard. So it's they're, a hard, hard they're thing. They're not a thing that we do at home much, but camping, huge hit. And like you, our kids love the building toys. So Magnetiles are a hit, Lego are a hit. And then another one that Plum is just mega into are dress-ups. That's mostly what she got for her birthday this year is the next Mm -hmm. size up of dress-ups. I think I had a really good yard sale when she was little where I bought someone's old dress-ups and those were getting really tight. (laughs) Yeah. So we re-upped the dress-ups. And she's in a dress-up, I would say, every day, at least one. Wow. Usually multiple versions of something. Can you tell me how your kids play with Lego? This is something that we have, but that my kids have never really gravitated to. And I have always a little bit felt like it was a failure on my part to not engage with them in building things, but they just haven't been into it. I don't know. My favorite thing about Lego is that Plum can follow the directions on her own. And we Mm. really have only done it when given the kit that comes Uh, with the little paper Yes. How to do it. And I tell her, you know, go build something else. She's like, no, she wants to follow the directions. Yes. So in that sense, it takes up a lot of time. But then unless you take it all apart again and build it again, she's not that into it. Okay. It's a really good independent activity for her when it's ready to go. But I think she has the same problem as your kids of starting from scratch. She's not about it. Mm -hmm. My kids have liked the kits as well. Our next category is kind of a throwback. Favorite baby gear. It was hard for me to remember this. (laughs) You're a ways out from babies. Yes. You always think that you will remember these things that were such an integral part of your life. And I'm like, what did we do with those small humans? (laughs) But if I had to pick something, the first thing that came to mind was a baby carrier. We Mm -hmm. use the Ergo. And I don't feel particularly attached to that brand one way or the other. But loved being able to go on walks with the ergo especially loved when i had e having her in the carrier while we were out and about it just made everything feel much more manageable Mm -hmm. the other thing i would recommend is the kind of seat that attaches to the table itself when i was growing up my parents had one that was all plastic and metal they still had it at their house for when we visited i believe it was called a sassy seat Mm. and My mom loves this. If she were doing this podcast, this is what she would mention. (laughs) Because you can put it in the dishwasher that it's just so 
easy to clean and do, but I think that it no longer meets the safety standards <laughs> of our modern era. Sure. So the one that we have clamps on a little more securely, but it also was made of fabric, which mm-hmm. made it harder to clean. Yeah. But I loved having our kids up at the table with us as opposed to in a high chair next to the table. Yeah. So I would still recommend that, even though it is not as ideal as the old school one. Yeah. Along those same lines, one of my top baby gear items is the Kikaru high chair. There are lots of versions of this, and we got ours used when Plum was little because we started off using the fabric one but Mm -hmm. she couldn't sit up very well in that Mm. and so we got this one instead it's a wooden high chair and you can adjust like the heights of the stuff and pepper still sits in it he sits right up with us at the table and has been doing that they both did that since they were like six months old yeah so that they could be right there with us which was really good Another hit that is also still in use is the Upper Baby Vista stroller. This is a stroller that I got for maybe $60 when I was pregnant with Plum, and it has lasted all these years. Nice. Which is totally awesome, and still 40 pounds of three-year-old can fit in it just fine. And then my final one is the Lotus Guava Travel Crib. It's basically a pack and play, Mm -hmm. but the mattress sits on the floor and the side has a zipper so your kid can crawl in and out. And we use this for our regular kid bed for both of my kids. And Pepper recently stopped sleeping in there because he got too tall. But that way, when we traveled, their travel bed was the same as their regular bed. Genius. And this, it's still in great shape. Yeah. Loved it. All right. What about snacks? Popcorn. Traditionally made with just butter, but the kids also like to put brown sugar on top. Mm. And then also muffins, particularly applesauce, pumpkin, or banana Mm. are the favorites. But most any kind of muffin will be welcomed by all. My people also love a quick bread. I put on here banana bread and chocolate banana bread, which is a recipe Mm. that was recommended by you. That's the shutter bean version. Ooh, I have not made that in so long. I need to bring it back. It is so good. And it ends up muffin-ish size because I cut it, slice it in a loaf pan, and then slice it down the middle. So it's like Mm -hmm. half. And that's perfect for kids. And then applesauce pouches, Mm. which is another thing where they can help themselves. My children have been eating both of these things for basically their whole lives. Yeah. What about treats? A favorite treat is donuts. Mm, Yes. There was a long stretch where I was working on Saturday mornings and Neil would bike the kids to a local donut shop. That was a big hit. We have been going less often, but it is still one of the biggest hits for all members of the family. Nice. Ours are cakes made from mixes, including Funfetti cake and yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Mm -hmm. Mega hits. And then key lime pie. Mm, I should have added key lime pie, too. Big win. What about favorite rainy day activities? Making forts with all of the pillows and cushions in the house. This Mm. started when they were very young and has continued as recently as this last weekend. Love it. I do not mind the building of the forts. I do sometimes get frustrated when things don't get put back at Mm. the end Mm -hmm. of the time. So that has improved over time. But even when they were younger, still worth it for the amount of entertainment value that we gained. Agree. I would also put on this list listening to audiobooks. We started with the listening with Martin and Sylvia, the Sparkle Stories, which Mm -hmm. were between 15, maybe up to 25 minutes, but they're usually 15 to 20 minutes. And I felt like that was just such a good length for the attention span that they had then. 
and we're really engaging and then just slowly working our way up to chapter books. Would say the biggest favorite has been the Boxcar Children and Hoopla Mm. has all of the Boxcar Children books. So when they get in the right mood, they will both just hang around working on some kind of project or just looking out the window listening to the Boxcar Children. So good. Along the lines of forts and tents, rainy days where we pull out the sleeper sofa and put our sleeping bags on top of it and or bring out the play tents have Mm. been probably the biggest hit. Also baking, another Mm. really big rainy day activity for us. It's a great one. How about outings, Sarah? All of the parks. We did parks when they were babies, toddlers, preschoolers, still go to all the parks. I would say now the interest is less in the playground equipment and more in the woods, nature, open space around said parks. But we have so enjoyed the community aspect of that. We have met so many friends at parks for the first time and continue to meet up with friends there. So that makes it a really enjoyable activity for kids and adults alike. Yep. My kids' favorite outings are McDonald's. Every Mm -hmm. time we drive by a McDonald's, Pepper says, let's go to old McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) And we're really still doing drive-through at this point, but they Uh really like to get the Happy Meal and the toy. (laughs) Mm, Okay. So something that Pepper experienced before the age of three that Plum never did. Yep. You're welcome, second child. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The library, since we've been able to go in places more, is a massive hit. Our library that's close to our house is delightful. The librarians are super helpful. There's almost always a take-home craft in the children's section that we bring home and do. And then, of course, books. So it's a hit all around. And then a newer one for us, but one that I hope has staying power, is the Birmingham Children's Theater. We've seen both an outdoor show that they've done and then recently went to an indoor show. Mm -hmm. And they just do such a good job engaging preschool and up-age children. I just love it. That sounds great. What about TV shows? The ones we've enjoyed most as a family have been Alone. That is one that Neil has watched with the kids. And Baking Shows. And that's what I will watch with the kids. Just all the reality TV. That's been the favorite. I don't usually watch TV with my kids because they are watching things like Bluey and Stella and Sam and Doc McStuffins. All three of which I can handle to some degree, but not for long periods of time (laughs) and not for the length of time that they want to watch them. If we are going to watch something as a family, it's usually a nature show. Hmm. So Disney Plus has a lot of so-called movies that are between like 45 minutes and maybe 90 minutes long. So we watched one about dolphins the other day. We watched an elephant one. We've watched a lion one. Hmm. And those work for the whole family. Nice. We've touched on this in the past on the pod, but tell us again about family favorite reads, Sarah. The favorites that we have read together have been Betty Bernie's Humphrey books, The Penderwicks, and The Vanderbeekers. But there are so many we have enjoyed. We don't really reread chapter books too much, so it's hard to say what has the staying power. But we often refer back to those three series Mm -hmm. and mention things that we remember from them. So it feels like it's more integral part of our family culture than some other books that we have read. Calvin and Hobbes would definitely fall into this category. Neil has read all of these with the kids, and every few weeks they'll pull out one 
and start going through it. And the kids now will read them on their own also. There was a while where HP was just going through. We have a set of four that's the complete works of Calvin and Hobbes and would just keep going through those books. And then just recently he pulled them out again. So I feel like those are here for a while. In terms of books that the kids just read completely on their own are the Dogman series by Dave Pilkey, and now the Cat Kid Comet Club is another offshoot of that. And both kids love it and will reread them over and over and over. I have little to no interest in reading them myself, although my arm has been twisted into reading some of the Cat Kid Comet Club aloud before. (laughs) (laughs) What about for you? I think the books with the most longevity in our house have been Good Night, Good Night by Sandra Boynton, which is the longer version of the Going to Bed book. Both of my children gladly listen to, have memorized. It's very comforting, I think, to hear that right before you go to bed for them. Mm-hmm. The Francis books, you know, Francis is a badger and has mm-hmm. a sister. Yep. I remember those from my childhood. Yeah, are books that I read as a kid with my parents and now Plum is really into. So I think those have some staying power, too. We do have to have some talks about things in there, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. And then the other ones that both kids love that we have been reading just for years and years are the Spoon series by Amy Cross Rosenthal. These are picture books. Mm -hmm. There's Spoon, there's Chopsticks, and I think there's Straw. So we have all three of those, and both children regularly pull those out and want to read them again. Nice. What about family favorite trips? Camping is the number one favorite trip, especially to McCormick's Creek State Park, which is just about a 40-minute drive from Bloomington. We have our favorite campsite there, which feels really nice to have that spot that you're going back to. We don't do a lot of bigger trips as a family where we have that kind of repetition, Mm -hmm. but doing the camping, I feel like the kids get to know the space and have all these memories associated with the specific campsite, which feels really cool. And different than when we visit other state parks that are still really fun and enjoyable, but somehow McCormick's Creek feels more like ours because we go there so much more often. Mm -hmm. Along those same lines, we have a very favorite campground in North Carolina called Emberglow that we'll link to because it's awesome. It's very kid-friendly, and we have stayed in the same site all three times that we've been there. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing that you're saying that The kids know what to expect. They know where things are in relation to the campsite. They can notice different things about what season it is based on when we're there. We just really love it. And that is also a campground that has Wi-Fi, which Andrew and I really like. (laughs) (laughs) Just really works for everybody. (laughs) And then familiarity is not to be discounted because we also love to go to our favorite beach, which is Amelia Island in Florida. Mm -hmm. We have tried other beach trips. And then we just feel regretful that we didn't Mm. go to the beach that we know and love because we know the restaurants in the town. We know what to expect in terms of the beach. We know where the fun walks are. We know where the playgrounds are rather than having to sort of find all that stuff anew. Yeah. It's really nice to travel with kids and have some things that are already decided. Agreed. Well, that's the end of our family favorites talk. Listeners, we would love to hear about your family favorites. Now let's talk about what we've been eating. My mom visited recently, and she brought us brisket that was smoked at a restaurant in Dallas. This is beef brisket. It was amazing. I guess they smoke it and then slice it and then put it in a vacuum seal pack. 
Okay. And she puts a little ice pack with it and puts it in her checked luggage when she flies to us. And then it's basically the most delicious meat I've ever had. Wow. I am glad you explained that because I had questions about how said brisket made its way to you. But I am glad that it did. (laughs) What have you been eating, Sarah? We have been having fancy nachos. This happened because I was trying to make the fancy quesadillas. This is what I call it when you add anything other than beans (laughs) and cheese. It is fancy. Sure. I was making the quesadilla recipe that I love that has the canned green chilies Mm. and black beans and peppers and corn that you toast on the stovetop. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did that. And then Neil was like, why are you making that? We don't have any tortillas. I was like, hmm interesting. (laughs) And then I was like, no problem. We will just have nachos. And then I found out we only had like half a bag of tortilla chips, which was enough. I was able to spread them across the pan and then dump a massive amount of the filling for the quesadillas on top. Yeah, perfect. It was very tasty. Really love getting in the veggies with all of the cheese, bean, goodness. And I am glad that the meal didn't completely fall apart and that we were able to enjoy some nachos. Do you use the whole green chilies or the diced ones? Diced. Okay. And do you drain them? I do. Yum. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes in your podcast player or on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. I can do it, Abby. <laughs> I, I have no idea how to say that without name. Mm. The pollen's getting me. It's fine. This is what happens when we record two episodes. I do a really bad job on the second one. Nailed it. <laughs>